Due to recent complications with coal-powered gas mines, we are postponing this week's clean energy discussion on toys in exchange for an actual podcast about action figures. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 261 for the week of Wednesday, the 23rd of February, 2017. I'm Adam. And I'm Scott. This episode is brought to you by Mark's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Bandai Robot Spirits Peltabor AV-98 Ingram First and the DC Collectibles DC Designer Series The Flash Statue. Well, welcome back, Scott. How are you this week? I'm very good, thank you. How are, how are you going, Adam? It's good to be on uh, a live show with you, live again, live? Live, yes. Yeah, did did I say live going, enough? I'm, yeah. I'm going well and live. Um, yeah, no, things are things are fine. Not much <laughs> to talk about at the moment. Nothing interesting happening in Adam land? No, not really. It's all kind of a bit boring at the moment, mm. apart from, you know, Running and watching musicals on DVD. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. My um, wife and I have had one of those rare childless nights um, with one child away on a school camp and one child working. And we were like, oh. we should go and just have dinner together. So we just walked down to the lovely Thai restaurant that's near our place and had dinner and walked back. And it was very leisurely and grown up. Excellent. I know there should be more of it. So, mm. <laughs> um, but all, all, all good in Scotland. Otherwise, we're still, um, the our our horse is settling in, and we're settling into the horse. And now I've got to buy all the gear. So that's the, uh, okay. <laughs> the next expense. Well, the horse is the cheap bit. Yeah, no, it's 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 good. <laughs> like we 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 um, I spent a lot of time doing the numbers for this before we committed to it because I wanted to make sure that we could do it properly. And there is actually around where we live, there is a really good community um, of kind of horsey people and uh, with help about, you know, things that we can get secondhand and that sort of thing. So we're not just running out kind of sillily spending money unnecessarily. So we've had a lot of help, um, which is awesome. So Yay. <laughs> How far away is your adjustment? Well, right now it's half an hour, which is a little bit painful, um, but it will be about uh, 10 minutes in a few weeks. So he okay. he's with his uh, previous owner um, still uh, because part of what we wanted was for uh, our daughter to have lessons with him, with the horse. Um, and it's actually absolutely beautiful out where they are, um, but we, he'll be moving to um, a place that's just around the corner, and so then it'll be a lot easier. So, okay, cool. but but the, it's actually a really good buffer because we have to um, get a few kind of key things like a horse float and 
all that jazz before we can actually move him, so it's all good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he can stay there for a while. Um, Sounds like exciting slash complicated experience. Yeah, it is. It's it's fun. You know, it's a it because it's something that we've had to wait for. Um, I think you know, getting the payoff is um, good, and but it's actually been the wait has been a good thing. We know a lot more um, about what we're doing and the decisions that we're making than if we just run out. And I've seen a lot of people. Oh, sorry, this isn't a horse podcast. I know, hello, um, but I've <laughs> we, like seen a lot of my daughter's friends who, you know, parents just kind of run out and buy them a horse, and it can totally backfire if it's not they're not kind of ready to do it or it's the right horse or whatever. And so I'm glad we've taken our time and yay, it's all good. All good. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so we may or may not, uh, at the time of recording, we have uh, Adam and myself contributing Toys of the Week to this episode. Um, we may have a, a last minute entry from one of our other fellow friends, but we've gone ahead and done the communal bits together. Um, so uh, if there's a surprise third review, in here somewhere that was added after the fact for your listening pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Bonus content. Yeah, bonus content. That's right. It's like the um, you know, the bonus track. Exactly. Yeah. Directors com- or we could just um, each record our review, and then we could record a commentary track over our review. <laughs> we should do that one. We really time. should. Yeah, I think that would be really meta. It's like, uh, yeah. You can hear the commentary. It's like, oh yeah, that really awkward pause. It's actually because I was having a really bad gas that I thought I was going to belch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were waiting for the John sigh. <laughs> <laughs> I love. That's what we should do. We should um do a, a commentary of an old episode. I, I have a feeling that an audio commentary of an audio recording would probably not work very well. I think it would be entertaining though. Although, yeah. I, th- I think it wouldn't work as well as the Star Wars commentary. True. True. Maybe someday we'll find out. Ep- Maybe. Ep- episode 6,000. Oh, I was thinking like sometime in the next couple of weeks, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, let's, um, let's go do some reviews. I agree. from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack? The Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle? Activate Ram! New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, Adam has our first uh, toy of the week for this episode, and he has chosen something actually not horrendously difficult to pronounce, just long in name, um, as you would imagine. And so he's going to try and make some sense of it now. Bizarre. Thank you, Scott. Um, so as has been stated, this is the Bandai Robot Spirits Patlabor AV98 Ingram first. Um, so we'll break that down. Bandai is obviously the company so it's a bundai tomashi nations product um the robot spirits is the line so anything that's essentially a, a mech that they make and it's essentially the same as a figure art but for robots um and then pat labor is the show slash manga this is from and av98 ingram is the model of mech and first refers to this being the first unit 
um, out of them. Yeah, that was way longer than anyone really needed to put up with. Can but I, can I just ask a question at this um, early juncture? When, when sure. you see names like this, does it actually mean anything to you? Um, sometimes. Do you have to kind of see a photo to, you know, because I don't know the property, you know, I'm just trying to think like when people say, you know, the Peltiboard AV98 and Grim first, you go, oh, yeah. Or do you like, hmm, no, what's that when it's at home? But- I'd be going, Pat Labor, yes, I know the show. And then if I saw the picture, I'd go, okay, fine. It's the, the standard police issue, Pat Labor. Pat Labor. Or Labor. Got yeah. it. So to expand on that, um, we talked about this a little bit, I think, when I did the unboxing at the end of last year, start of this year. Um, so this is set in, well, it's 20-odd years ago. 20 odd years old, but it was set in the near future um, in a world where essentially rising sea levels have um, caused untold devastation to the earth. And as part of rebuilding, um, we have developed mechs for doing most of the lifting. So the police, in order to make sure that they can um, combat labor crime, have their own patrol labors, hence Pat Labor. Um, the Ingram or the AV98 Ingram is the first from memory, police, uh, first model specifically designed for police work. Wow. Um, yeah. There are other military ones and blah, blah, blah that happen throughout the series, but this is um, the police version. So unit one is obviously the first one produced. I think they get to three units by the end of the series that they share that are the AV-98. There are older models that they have as, or that become essentially support models. Um and that's kind of the history. There'll be a little bit more when we talk about some of the accessories because it explains some of the, the various head options. Um, this figure was released last year. From memory, I got mine just before the end of the year with a, a big box arriving, I think, um, Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, it is an action figure. When it was released, this was going for $69.99 US. Um, so it's a bit pricier than a standard Dragon Ball Z figure art. But considering the level of new uh, sculpting and molding, it's not really that surprising. The the po- packaging is um, very similar to a figure arts, except that it's not a window box. It's got um, full pa- uh, full cardboard outer. The figure and accessories are all in trays, as per what I'm used to. But there's you know um, generous art in terms of actual pictures of the figure on the front and sides and unlike some other lines, there's actually not anything really in the way of um, of sketch art or anything. So that's a bit different. Hmm. Uh, hmm. But I'm quite okay with that. The sculpt of the figure uh, is very, very good. So there's all kinds of different details in terms of the, the various panels on the legs and the arms and the, the um, joints in all the places around, you know, hips and waist and elbows and shoulders are actually sculpted to show that it's kind of uh i don't know what it actually is in the series i I haven't really paid that much attention i assume it's some kind of um metal slash rubber combination to to cover over gears and things like that that's going on or hydraulics so that was quite good um the shoulder pads or pauldrons or whatever we're going to call those have the if ben was here he would insist on pauldrons probably so that those are actually um done so they're translucent like a, a police squad car's lights so that's quite good um cool. yeah there's no light up but you know the the size of the figure would be somewhat 
unwieldy to have fit um, light-up features in it, and I don't think it would have really added a whole hell of a lot so much. Um, one of the heads has a nice, you know, translucent-looking green visor. Um, the front of the, the unit's really good. It's got the, the police, um, Japanese police star on the chest, which I quite like. Um, so I think it's a, an overall good-looking figure. Um, paint apps, I have no issues with the paint apps on mine, which is good because I don't like dodgy paint apps. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've seen any issues in any of the accessories either, including um, some of the, the parts that actually would get painted, like the revolver and um, the command car. So I thought that was really good. The articulation is quite interesting. Um, there's obviously all the usual kind of, you know, um, elbows and knees and shoulders and ankles and heads and waists and all of that kind of gear. The part that I like the most is that the hip is articulated so you can actually pull it sideways a bit um, for if you want to put it into a, a crouch, so like a police crouch with your revolver out, ready to take down a bit of a hostile person. Um, so the the hip actually extends sideways a little bit and then you can move it down to get that extra extension, which is quite useful. Um, other things that are interesting articulation, the right calf has um, a like a, a little compartment that opens up that you can have the, the revolver go into. I haven't tried posing with it in detail, so I don't think you can actually put the revolver entirely inside the compartment, but you can have it so that, I mean, in the show, that's where the revolver is stored, so you can show, have the, um, the labour taking the revolver out. <clears throat> to go with that, because, you know, it's unrealistic for someone to reach down to their calf in anatomically proportioned uh, robot um, with their hand, what actually happens is the, there's a replacement wrist that you can put in that extends um, the hand from essentially the, the wrist joint down to the hand so that it has that gap provided, um, which is how they've done it in the show in terms of making that a possibility, which I thought was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a really good um, articulation level. It can get into, a, like I said, a full police crouch type squat thing for aiming, which is really quite good for getting a good couple of photos. Um, so I like that a lot. The command car does not have much by way of uh, articulation, but the wheels do move, which is kind of important for a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Accessories. Now, this gets kind of crazy. So there is... The command car, which is essentially people sitting inside the command car to give instructions to the labor pilot who is inside the labor. Um, there are various aerials you can put on the back of the command car if you would like to. There is a swap out head. Now, from what I can tell, the base head is the original head that would have been used when um, the unit first appeared. There is another head that looks like it's... Um, I have to check this, but it looks like it's more of a Unit 2 head from the second Pat LaBelle movie, from looking at my bits and pieces of research. So that's interesting. Um, I've just gone with a standard head because I like to look better. There are various aerials and antennae that you can swap in and out uh, in different parts around the unit. So they're all there. I'm avoiding playing with those after my great success with the, um, the Super Sailor Moon. Uh, not Super Saiyan, um, Black Queen figure. So I'm, I'm kind of a bit once bitten, twice shy at the moment with those things. <clears throat> <laughs> the hands, the hand array is somewhat limited in terms of they're all 
just mirror versions. There's um, a right and a left hold gun hand for essentially the, the hand that holds the actual revolver. There is a right and left support gun hand so that you can have a right or left-handed um, shooter. There are punchy fists and there are, I think, generally kind of opening grippy hands, which is probably more for use with the stun button. The stun button itself, um, there are essentially three ways you can have a stun button. So there's a stun button that comes out from behind a shield. So it's essentially all you can see is just um, just the tip of the stun button and you plug that into the shield that goes on the left arm. There is a handheld stun button where it is not fully telescoped out, and there is, which is um, essentially the handle is just reused and there's the kind of non-telescoped version and there's a fully telescoped um, baton part that plugs in as a swap out there. So you can have all the stun button options you want. Um, you can use the shield on the left arm or not, as is your prerogative. Yeah. Look at what other accessories? So there's the, um, as I've mentioned, there's the, the wrist extender. There is some other funky wrist jazz that I don't really understand, which is fine. Um, and the other thing is there is a an adapter plug for an Act Tamashi Stage Act 5 um, stand. So if you want to use that, it plugs into the back of the figure, which is probably actually a really considerate thing to do. <laughs> Very considerate. Yeah. So that one looks like it's an actual, you know, the old um, Wave 1 Marvel Legends where it was just a prong and you pronged the back of the figure? It's essentially that, as opposed to having like a a clip go around the waist of the figure, which is kind of useful because otherwise you have that unsightly clip that you can't really hide. Um, The command car is an accessory, which is kind of cool. I think the second uh, figure, which is going for from memory quite a lot more because it's an exclusive. Yeah. So the second version um, that is yet to come out is $133 and I don't believe it comes with a command car. Um, so, you know, that that's not going to fill people with a lot of joy, but so be it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think there's a wider range of accessories. The, the various swap out head parts I think is really quite cool because it means people can tailor to the exact version that they want. Um, they're having to buy a whole other figure again later, as happens with a lot of other um, a lot of other, other options that we get from Bandai. Um, there's, you know, if you wanted to have, for some reason, two unit ones with different heads at the same time, you're going to have to buy two figures. But, you know, it's not that that happened at any point in the show. Um, so I thought that was a good way of doing it. Other than that, the accessories are a little bit light on, apart from I assume that the control car is somewhat of a, a bigger bonus than we would expect, so I'm not going to complain too much. Um, as it stands, it is only one of three released or solicited Pat Labor figures, so there's not a lot of um, a lot of world building going on at the moment, which limits some of the appeal of this figure for some people. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's fine. I, I don't have a deep attachment to the show, and I'm going to get all three of them just so I have a, another little display that I can set up. Um, the other thing that I would think about getting with this figure at some point is some of the geo-scraper um, terrain that you can get that's essentially for building cityscapes of buildings. Unfortunately, those buildings, compared to the, the scale of this figure, are ridiculously uh, undersized. 
So our, la- our labor is about the size of, I think, a two or three story building from memory. So they're not huge. Um, and therefore, if you've got, you know, a, a skyscraper that comes up to kind of that, the ankle of the labor, it's not going to look right. But so be it. Um, so, yeah, out of 10, I probably give this about a nine. So explain to me uh, just a little bit about the property because I'm not really familiar with it. Yep. So as I said, it's um, near future. Um, Humanity have, for whatever reason, destroyed our environment to the point that sea levels have risen globally. Um, Large parts of Japan got flooded and washed away. They're in the process of reclaiming land. To do that, they've built massive mechs for doing all the hauling and whatever else and and also for dealing with, you know, the the conditions around geoforming with reclaiming uh, land from water. Um, It starts off as there's just kind of, you know, the odd drunken idiot in a labour, much the same as drunk drivers and, you know, petty crime and larceny type things. And then it develops into um, military companies doing things like trialling a military labour that they haven't got approval to deploy from defence company or defence agencies by handing um, these labours over to criminal organisations and deliberately then sending them against um, the police force just so they can build up data and information about how their labour performs uh, so that when they eventually can de- try and demolish uh, the labours, they will have a, a saleable product. Um, I'm trying to remember what happens in some of the movies. There's one that the first movie had something to do with um i know the solution ended up something about resonance and sampling rates and things like that um i think it wasn't so much a big mecha beat em up it was more of a, a bit of a um, police drama thriller from memory so it's you know a cop show with mechs for the most part and instead of just you know cop shootouts it's cop shootouts with mechs fair enough hmm. Very good. Well, thank you very much for that, Adam. It's good to kind of learn about things that I'm personally not familiar with and get an insight into why other people collect the things that they do. You're welcome. Fantastic. We'll take a short break and we'll come back with uh, our other toy of the week for this episode. Colonel Steve Austin, the $6 million man, and the new Bionic Transport and Repair Station. The rocket's crashing! We'll put him in the Bionic Repair Station. We can rebuild him. We'll replace the modules in the Bionic Arm. No injury here. We'll have to check his eye. Bionic Eye, A-OK. $6 million man, ready for action. New Bionic Transport and Repair Station sold separately. The $6 million man, new from Kenner. Well, now we've come back for our second toy of the week. This one's going to be done for us by Scott, so I'll hand directly over to you, Scott. Hello. I am uh, reviewing a statue. DC Collectibles has got a new statue series called the DC Designer Series, and it seems to be a mix of some uh, reuse and some new pieces um, with iconic versions of characters by particular artists, etc. And I'm quite enjoying cherry picking this line because it's been a little while since DC Direct slash DC Collectibles has done uh, this sort of scale. These are, I guess you would say, like one six scale um, statues, particularly of some of the male characters um, in just their kind of normal comic accurate 
uh, gear. So there's been uh, a few. Um, uh, there's a Bruce Tim Harley Quinn that's coming out, which is an upsized version of the black and white statue that they did a while ago. Um, the uh, Batgirl of Burnside, which was also an upsized black and white um, and colorized, I think might've been the first in the designer series line. But tonight I'm reviewing the uh, Francis Manipal flash statue. Um, since uh, at least the new 52, if not before, I can't remember when Manipal started on flash. Um, he certainly he's become uh, an iconic Flash artist, and his Flash is really recognizable. And as I said, it's been quite a while since some of these uh, male characters have gotten a standalone statue um, in this sort of scale from DC Collectibles. So I was really excited about this, even though it is the New 52 um, version of Flash. It's, um, you know, his costume hasn't. Uh, kind of altered that dramatically. Um, and so I definitely thought this was worth a go. And here in Australia, um, Zing, uh, which is the retailer that we keep talking about, uh, I'm not quite sure where they're getting their DC Collectibles product from, um, but their price point on it is really strong. And so it's uh, making it easy to pick up um, a few of these. So this is a 2017 release and acquisition. It is sculpted by Jonathan Matthews, who is one of DC Collectibles, um, I think, kind of main go-to guys um, and always does a, a really brilliant job. Um, and the pose, from what I can tell, is kind of a, a combination of a couple of Francis Manipal Flash um covers obviously the angles are slightly different so i'm not seeing it as exactly one um but it is uh, a a really he's in full um running pose so uh, because he is a bit crouched over including the base that he stands on he's about 10 and a half inches tall um the base is a just a black circle with a little flash uh insignia in it um the uh peg um, is just in his left foot, which is the one on the ground. Um, it was all very easy to put together. Um, the packaging for these is kind of, you know, that standard, slightly uh, soulless, but at least uniform DC collectibles packaging that they've got now, which I don't, I don't mind. At least when you see um, those boxes, you know right away um, who's made them. So I guess there's some you know, brand recognition there, which is good. Um, the sculpt on this is really beautiful. Um, it is a full-on running pose, and definitely uh, there are angles that are better than others in terms of just the kind of visibility of the sculpt. Um, when when I pop um, my photo album up on Facebook, you can see um, when you're looking at it dead on, um, there's quite a bit of him that you can't really see. He almost looks like he's only got one leg. Um, but, you know, it's. I think it's probably kind of built more to be seen slightly from an angle. And uh, it is really good looking. The lines um, and the detail of his uh, uniform are really nicely done. Um, the, the one thing that I might take a little bit of an issue with in the sculpt, well, mm, I think this could probably be a paint issue, but the flash insignia... Um, looks kind of more raised than I think what it actually would be. Um, and I'm not quite sure 
whether that's sculpture, whether that's kind of a part of the paint issue that I'm going to talk about in a moment. Um, but the lines of this are, are really nicely done. Uh, I'm always amazed by uh, the the skill of a sculptor to be able to take something that has been drawn and really bring it to life in you know full 360 3D and the challenges that that must be involved in just visualizing that and articulating that into sculpt. Um, so and then we get to paint, and unfortunately I've got some issues here and I, I've gone back and had a look at the source material looked at the maniple art to try and get my head around it um, but basically um, somebody's really gone to town with some black lines here yeah um, and the the outlining of uh, his mask the the eye holes the little chin guard um, also the uh, lines between around his insignia and between the uh, red and yellow um, on his uh, uniform um, have been outlined really heavily in black and uh, like it it makes it look a little bit homemade um, or like somebody's kind of eighth grade art project where you're going oh that probably used too thick a black texture there Johnny um, <laughs> and so it like when you're standing away from it it's not too bad. Um, up close, it really, I think it, it just um, clangs um, because it's just so overstated and I don't get get it. Um, if it was, if it's deliberate, then it's not very good art direction. Um, but I have a feeling it might have been a factory, you know, not doing a great job thing and then too late to do anything about it. Um, particularly on the the face uh, on his mask, I, I find it really jarring um, because it's so strong. Um, it really it really stands out. Um, the my mine has a tiny little paint issue as well on the insignia, just between the white and the yellow is not very pretty, um, and another uh, tiny little um, just on his right. Uh, Eye, pat, eye hole, whatever you call them. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. Um, the, the Just a little bit of a black blurp above um, the bottom of that um, eye hole. Like it's, not, it's not tidy, those black lines, um, which is part of what kind of leads me to believe that it probably wasn't intentional. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, I, I'm quite excited about this line. There's some, you know, there, there's some pieces coming out that are like there's a Adam Hughes Wonder Woman, which is the a, a redo of the Cover Girls Wonder Woman, um, but you know, it's also a sculpt of a really iconic um, Adam Hughes um, drawing. And uh, yep. you know, I, I think that there's there's room for this, like the uh, particularly some of these where they've been like a Batman black and white statue to do it in color and do it in this scale and give us a kind of scale consistent um, uh, line of characters from um, in, in some of their kind of iconic poses is something that uh, DC direct slash collectibles hasn't really done. Um, if you go back yep. to some of the very early days, there were uh, pieces like that, um, but it's been quite a while since we've had that. And this seems to be, um, going, you know, like there's quite a few pieces already solicited in this line. There is a like a Killing Joke, um, Brian Bolland 
Joker coming, which I'm really excited about. And um, so, yeah, I, and, and at a kind of really reasonable price point as well. Um, so I, I, I'm going to have to go eight, eight out of ten dollars for Flash just because of the Black Line fiasco. Um, but definitely really happy that I've got uh, this piece for show. Okay, cool. So, I mean, the thing that because I'm only seeing photos and, and the black isn't as bad with that, as you said, like when you see it from a distance. The problem I have is that it looks like inconsistent cell shading or something. Like the because you don't get an outline around the whole figure clearly, that that adds a, as a problem. But things like only outlining around the logo on his chest and not doing the black outline in, on the yeah, inside yeah. edges. Yeah, yeah. Um, that there doesn't. I don't know what it's like in in person, but it looks like there's no wash, so there's no grey, there's no nothing on any of the, excuse me, musculature of the figure. So, again, it, it just seems odd yeah. that the black lines are without. Now, maybe it looks kind of goofy if you don't have that and you just have the red and the yellow yeah. and it may just jar, right? Yeah. It, when you look at the solicit photos for this statue, the black lines aren't there at all. Um, uh-huh. so I dare say that it is a factory issue. Um, and you know, that's the, the, I guess the cost quote unquote of some of the ways that this stuff gets manufactured now where, you know, it's sent to a factory, they get a proof of concept back, they approve it, but then they have to kind of trust that what's being done is going to match that. Um, and yep. I'd say this is just one of those cases where, you know, and I mean, and it's silly because it's actually more work <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where someone's just kind of taken, made some sort of decision that hasn't resulted well, but like I've gone back and looked at the solicit photos and there's no black lines. Um, yeah. So, so it's quite a shame I think because it is a really, really lovely piece, but I also understand just from a, you know, a cost perspective when you get something like this back and it's not terrible, you can still sell it. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why they always uh, on any of these solicits, it always says, you know, the final um, product may differ slightly from blah. That's why, because they don't, I can't control all of that, but I would imagine that when they unpack these um, back in uh, the DC collectibles offices, they probably went. Uh. <laughs> oh dear. Cool. Well, I believe that unless anyone's added anything else into it by the time we put this all together, that that's the show and we just did it. Hooray! Hooray for us! Hooray for the new, relaxed, less stressful format. Hope you guys are still enjoying Hooray. listening. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we're enjoying doing it. Yep. Okay. Well, I think we're saying goodbye. Bye-bye. Good night, nerds.